Well, guys, speaking of the offensive line, Jarek McKinnon leads the team in running back snaps in every single game. Does that mean anything at all or just something that has worked out that way? I mean, it's it's interesting because you say every single game, not like he's leading them in running back snaps. He led them in snaps in game one, game two and game three. It's not nothing. If I had predicted before the season started how the running back snaps would be divvied up, I wouldn't have had him first. There's extenuating circumstances for the first game. They were blowing him out. They got Clyde out early. So Jarek might have gotten the nod along with Pacheco because, you know, game one, they were blowing him out. So it got there. The two, the last two games have been very close and down to it. And Clyde in some of these games is getting less than 10 carries per game. The interesting thing about it is not that Jarek is leading because he's a good pass catcher. They're getting in some long third down situations because they aren't running the ball particularly well. And he's a good pass blocker. Uh, He might be the best of the three. None of them are particularly great, but he might be the best of the three. I think the interesting part is either they don't trust Clyde to run the ball very much, or they're trying to limit his snaps so that he can run the ball all year. That's what I can figure about Jarek McKinnon. In that first game, he had less than 10 carries. In this game, he had seven carries. That's That's not a lot of carries. I refuse to believe that, Cody. I refuse to believe that they're doing this to preserve Clyde. Because that would mean that they are looking at Clyde's performance, not just this year, but over the entirety of his career and saying, there's a guy we need to keep fresh for the playoffs. What would like, what indicate, what has he done to indicate that they need to save him for the postseason or they need to keep him healthy all year? Because when he's healthy, he averages, despite the fact he just finished a game with exactly zero yards per carry, He averages five and a half yards a carry, 5.3, sorry to be exact. And he's getting in the end zone and they want him in the passing game, Nick. Look look at his carries. Why else are they doing it? Do they just not like him? He has seven carries, eight carries, seven carries. His catches are up, so they're using more like that. So maybe it's that, Nick. Maybe it's just, well, we like him as a pass catcher, not so much as a runner. So does does yards per carry through three games really mean anything? Probably not. That's such a small sample size. But even if you look at like uh, his career, let's say pre-injury versus post-injury, Nick, there's a huge drop-off. Like those first three games of his rookie year when he was running the ball really well, there was a yard or more drop-off from pre- and post-injury. Same as last year, pre- and post-injury. He's a different player before he gets hurt and after he gets hurt. He's averaging less yards per game than in either of those seasons when he started in the rushing game. So either they're not using him as much because they don't trust him because he's averaging anywhere between, depending on the year, 13 to 23 less yards per game, even more than last year. But the catches are way up. So it's not like that they're just never using him. He is only 14 yards off of his entire receiving total from last year. That's it. 14 yards off his entire receiving total from the year before. So he's on pace for like 700 yards receiving but they're not using him in the running game so like to me nick it's either they're preserving him so that they can run him later in the season or they don't like him as a runner they have officially deemed him essentially Jarek mckinnon we'd like to just pass to him and never hand it off all right i am going to take door number three actually (laughs) oh okay i gave you two choices okay i'm gonna toss i'm gonna toss a theory out to you guys and you guys tell me what you think i think we give coaches too much credit in one area, not in general, because I think in general, they are having to process a million different things in game during the week preseason 
they're, they're thinking about every possible scenario. I believe that to be true. What I don't buy is that they have grand plans for each individual player. I don't think Andy and Bienemy went into this season with this long-term 20-week plan of what they envision for Clyde. I think they enter the season and they go, all right, we got three running backs. Let's just kind of toss them all out there, see what we get, and then we'll figure it out as we go. I, I don't think, I think it's impossible to have all of these different plans when you don't know how things are going to shake out. You know, like, I, I guess this- it's, it's fun to think about having these plans and saying, okay, I got this master plan. We're going to save Clyde for the first three months, and then we're going to really push him out there the last month of the year. I just don't think that's how coaching staffs operate. In baseball, they definitely do. They always have grand plans in baseball. Like 160 baseball, innings. Baseball is far done. more predictable than the NFL. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I mean, the salary cap might have something to do with that, but yes. Um, significantly more so. But I, it, like the way you're describing Nick is like, well, we got three backs and we're using them all. But the running game has not been great. Shouldn't you hand the reins to someone and see if it works if you give them the amount of carries that they can make up for the bad ones? Like, if you're just going to give every running back seven carries a game, you're not even riding the hot hand at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not even giving it to a guy six times, and if he's really going, well, let's give it to him 15. Right, but that's my point. You're just saying seven for all. That's my point. I think maybe you ride a hot hand for a quarter or for a half or maybe even a game, but I think you are going into the season saying, we got three backs. We're going to use them all. And this may be the McKinnon game because that's the game plan that we have, and he ends up getting a few more snaps here or there. But ultimately, I'm just, I don't think that you go into the to the season with an idea of like, okay, well, if this guy gets hot for a game, then next week he's going to be out there for all the snaps. I think you see a guy for a quarter and Reed and Biennemi are saying, okay, for whatever reason, like Clyde's having a lot of success today. These guys can't seem to tackle him. He's hitting holes well, whatever. Let's throw him out there for another drive. Play well, let's throw him out there for another drive. Maybe I'm off. This is just totally a half-baked theory, but I think sometimes we come up with these ideas of what coaching staffs do preseason when maybe we're putting too much stock into that. I'm curious about your answers. If the Chiefs were forced to have one running back play the entire game, no subs, that's your guy. One back, you get to choose one. Who do you think they choose? Pacheco. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's the only that one I wasn't considering. Him <laughs> <laughs> and Rojo. I'm going to go Clyde. I think it might be Jarek McKinnon. Really? He does a little bit of everything. Which they like. That's why he gets more snaps. He's a little bit better pass blocker. He's always been thought of as a really good receiving back. And they're like, well, whatever drop off we get in the running game, we'll live with. And there's not even there's not even a guaranteed drop off there. It's not like Clyde has been this dynamic rusher his entire career. He's had spurts where it works. I that's that's what makes it interesting to me. I don't know that there's a clear answer. It feels like by now we would have had it, but we know that they've kind of settled into Clyde being a good back, but I don't know that they're still trying to pretend to themselves that he was that first round pick they took two years ago. I think this is a difficult question to answer because if you told Andy Reid, hey, you can only have one back the rest <laughs> of the year, he'd say, I quit. I quit. I won't. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've never just used one running back. Yes, but if given that choice in other years, he would have said Jamal Charles or he would have said uh, 
Yeah, we would have said Brian about, Westbrook. Like he had an answer. Right. You're talking about Pro Bowlers. You're talking about Jamal Charles, a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Love Jamal. God, he's not a Hall imagine? of Famer, but he should be. Well, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer in our hearts. Can you imagine what Jamal Charles would do in this offense? I know this is like <sighs> you could an evergreen question, but isn't that fun to think about? What could be? I guess what's funny is like, you know that when they took Clyde, they had a shot. Because you don't even have to go like, cool, Jamal Charles sounds good. What do you think this offense would look like with Jonathan Taylor? That's not even like a stretch. We're not even having to like create different decades in which people played, Nick. We just we just changed the math for 10 picks later. The Chiefs took a different player. No, I'd rather have Jamal. I'd rather have Jamal. So would I, but that's not the question. Nick's over the question there looking I into the asked. sunset, thinking about it. Just daydreaming. Daydreaming about what it would be like. <laughs> you know what's funny is that if they had a guy like Derrick Henry, Chiefs fans would hate it so much because they'd never run him enough. And he'd just be like, be like, what do you use Derrick Henry more? And my argument would always be like, I don't know. He has Patrick Mahomes. Seems seems like a fine decision at that point. I can't really argue the other side. I think to answer the original question, I do think the answer is Jarek McKinnon. Because Andy Reid has a long enough track record. I mean, you mentioned Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy after that, who we don't yeah. we don't support LaShawn McCoy on this show, but that's okay. Um, he has a track record to suggest the backs that he wants aren't necessarily the best runners. Don't necessarily showcase the best vision downfield. He wants guys who are going to be useful in the passing game. The thing like, he really wants to do. If you yeah. were to chart important traits for a running back in an Andy Reid offense, number one is, can you can you be out there on passing downs? And we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like Jarek McKinnon, he's had injury history. He's had concerns in the past, but the one thing we know about him is that he is useful in the passing game. So that's why I'd probably give McKinnon the nod over Clyde. <laughs> I'm even the one that's been critical of Clyde, and yet I still picked him. I'm kind of in between what both of you said. I don't think there is some grand plan here. Um, but at the same time, he has been injury prone. So could it be that they are kind of limiting his snaps? I don't know. It might not be a grand plan, Kayla, like you said, but instead... Let's limit them because he gets hurt. Not let's limit them so we have him in December. Let's just limit him so we have him now. Like it doesn't have to be self-fulfilling down the road. It could just be as simple as what's taking place right now.